to a true side of crime. I want to take a minute to thank everybody who has listened and followed me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I really appreciate the support. We are growing. We are growing slowly but steadily and I appreciate every time you guys like and hit that share button. Please continue to tell your friends and your family and anybody who you think will like this podcast about our podcast. I am actually right now working on taking probably the Evelyn Hernandez case and making it into an actual YouTube video. I know I had posted about it on my Facebook page before and Instagram and things didn't go as planned, but I think I finally got all the kinks worked out and I am so excited to do that for you guys, to be able to express myself in a different way. And I think when I have shorter cases, like 15, like would be a 15 minute podcast or so, I'll just do it in YouTube form. So without further ado, Today, we will be covering the cases of Kevin Nugent and Jabari Mabwellera. I really, really hope I'm saying his last name right. And I apologize if I am not. Um, so, these two cases are actually in my hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. These two young men were very close in age. They were two men in their mid-twenties. Both lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They both went missing under very suspicious circumstances about six weeks apart from each other. And both have surveillance video of them kind of just walking away into the darkness. It's their eerie cases and I'm upset that neither one of them are solved. They don't end the same way. One, we ultimately know where one of the gentlemen ended up. The other one is still missing and we have no idea his family doesn't know anything so we're gonna start with the disappearance of kevin nugent at the time of kevin's disappearance he was 25 years old and he was living with his family in the northeast side of fort wayne reports say that he was attending a local college with the art major on december 8th of 2018 Kevin went to a local bar called the Brass Rail. Um, This has been known in recent years as what they would call a hipster bar. They have live music on certain nights. It's a hipster, what they would call type crowd. There's also food trucks that park outside of this bar. Fort Wayne has started to have a really big food truck scene. And just about outside of any bar you go to, you can find a food truck, which is awesome when you're drunk and you want to eat so he was at the brass rail he went to see a local band or artist it's been kind of said two different ways and there were a couple different people playing that night so i'm not sure exactly which one of them he was there to see now we don't know if kevin went there with friends or if he met friends or if he just went there alone just to kind of drink vibe and enjoy some music We do know that he was acting relatively normal most of the night. And then all of a sudden, other bar patrons say that he he went from like normal and completely sober to extremely intoxicated to the point that it made them think that maybe he was on drugs. Now, if he was on drugs, we don't know if it was voluntarily or somebody drugged him. We don't know. So we also don't know what he was drinking and 
what his drink tolerance was because those are really big factors when it comes to people and alcohol he at one point was what they said harassing a lady patron at the bar and attempted to get into the women's restroom now his family and his friends from reports that i read said this is completely outside of his character even if he was intoxicated he would never harass anybody he would never try to go into the women's restroom they don't understand it is completely weird now kevin was thrown out of the bar at some point in the night we can't really nail down exactly when kevin was thrown out the bar and i will tell you a little more about that later on now at 1:45, kevin is seen walking north past the arby's which is around the corner from where the bar is it is probably a five minute walk at the longest so he's on this surveillance camera he's seen walking away he looks like he's kind of wobbly which i would expect if he was extremely intoxicated he looks like he has something in his hand i can't tell if it's his phone or if it's his wallet i don't see the glare i would normally see from a phone in the video so i always side with it is his wallet but we don't know so at some point in the night kevin had to have turned around and walked back to the bar because he called his sister at 2:44, his sister leanne to say that he needed a ride home at 2:45, he is seen walking northbound again past the same surveillance camera my question is how did he get back to the brass rail he obviously couldn't take in the same route or it would have caught him on surveillance camera why did he go back to the brass rail what was he doing in that our time between him being on surveillance camera the first time and the second time we do know at some point in the night kevin went to a food truck that was outside of the bar so i don't know if before he went to that food truck if he was hungry and maybe he decided like hey let me go get food because there are other restaurants down jefferson street so this bar is on broadway and it is a block away from a block south on Broadway from a really major street in Fort Wayne called Jefferson. Now Jefferson has hotels, it has um, restaurants, it has all kind of stuff, apartments is where our baseball field is. It is the hub of downtown. It literally will take you from the west side to the east side. It changes names a couple times, but it is, it runs the full length of Fort Wayne. So this, the area he was in was really, really dense with restaurants. It has apartment buildings. There's a lot of different things down there. So I also wonder why he was on no other surveillance camera at all during the night. The Arby's one is the only one that is reported. But anyway, it's, it's possible he went to get food and maybe the lines were too long. So... He went back and got pizza or maybe he decided like oh, i don't want any of this stuff like we all have done you've been drunk like oh i want this and then you don't want it and you can't figure out what you want and honestly don't we do that when we're not drunk i know i do my husband hates it he tells me i'm super indecisive so we don't know what happened drunk people do do irrational things and we don't know but also why did he leave the bar the second time he had already called his sister who had told him that his mom was on his way to pick him up so if she was on her way to get him why did he leave was he thinking like oh my mom's taking way too long i'd rather just go and start walking home and maybe i'll see her and i'll meet her which is possible because when you're drunk you don't think clearly you don't think like hey that's not a good idea so maybe else maybe something else made him leave maybe he felt uncomfortable where he was but if so why wouldn't he call his mom i still don't understand that so the second time you see him 
on video. The video that I was talking about, they said is the second time he left. It is at uh, 2.45. This video, I can see it is dark. It is grainy. It's him. Like I said, he stumbled to get on the curb. He has something in his hand. And he is really, really focused on whatever this is in his hand. But it's dark. It is so dark. They have black and white cameras. You can't see anything. So... He eventually puts whatever he has in his hand in his pocket and he walks out the frame. And how many times have you walked into the frame of a camera and probably not noticed and you were focused on your phone or whatever you had in your hand, you put it away, you just keep walking, you don't pay any attention to that camera above you. And it's crazy how something like that is the last images we get of somebody, something so normal. Somebody who probably had a little too much to drink walking home, assuming he's walking home. So we get to now when Kevin's mom gets to the brass rail. Kevin's mom gets to the brass rail. Um, Kevin's mom name is Sandy Yankee. She called him to let him know she was outside. Not unusual. He doesn't answer. She calls again. He doesn't answer. She continues to call him, which is extremely normal. Like somebody doesn't answer. You're trying to pick them up. You're going to keep calling. Eventually, after a few times of calling, she goes into the bar and find that unusual either like like where's this person i'm out at almost three o'clock in the morning i am calling them they're not answering what is going on but you go pick them up because that's what you do as a mom so she goes into the bar and they tell her that kevin is not there they tell her kevin was thrown out of the bar for multiple reasons and we find out later that it means he had been thrown out of the bar four times in one night now after you're thrown out of a bar the first time how do you even get back in past the bouncer to be thrown out three additional times like what in the world was really going on like i don't understand this at all now kevin's mom is obviously really really worried and she i know she had to call people that were clem and they eventually call the police and they report kevin missing she is reported as saying that kevin is not the type of person to just not come home and not say anything and i feel like even drunk most kids are not gonna call their mom for a ride and then not be she comes to pick them up unless there are some crazy extenuating circumstances now the police always said that they did not believe that there was any foul play in kevin's disappearance initially they wouldn't even check kevin's credit card or his cell phone ping like they wouldn't check his cell phone records they wouldn't check his credit card records and since the police weren't helpful in the case at all the family set up numerous searches themselves now 12 days later in the parking lot of the brass row they find kevin's glasses and they look like they've been broken they're broke now we don't know if they were broken in a tussle if they were ran over because they were in a parking lot what we don't know but this is literally the last piece of evidence found in kevin's case that has been released and this piece of evidence wasn't even found by the police it was found by the family now eventually the cops do get themselves together and they ping kevin's phone and it says it was active two days after he went missing at the brass rail the same bar he went missing from now did he drop his phone after he called his sister it's possible but i feel like his family would have they found his glasses they would have found his phone do you circle back around after the surveillance camera possibly but where is he like still does not explain where he was and what happened to him two months after he goes missing his family does put up a billboard and i remember driving down broadway because the billboard is literally 
three blocks away from where he went missing. Three blocks. You drive down Broadway and you see this big board with this man's face on it. And it's so sad because he looks like any normal guy that you would see. And it makes you think like this could happen literally to anyone. Anyone. So they have a candlelight visual on the anniversary date of Kevin's disappearance. They do have other candlelight visuals i don't have the dates for every single one they had but they do have one on the date the anniversary of his disappearance and his dad is her saying they'll hold a candlelight vigil every year until kevin is brought home he even said that he doesn't care he just wants his son like just even if you know what happened to him just tell him where the body is he doesn't care he just wants his son he won't try to figure out or try to get you prosecuted he just wants to know where his son is and that is so sad that they are so desperate they just want to know and i can't blame them because i feel like i would feel the same so now we will get to the theories now this first theory is one that people believe he left the bar and attempted to walk home and he took what we have in Fort Wayne called the River Greenway and was killed by persons or people living under there. So in Fort Wayne we have these trails that you can run along, bike along, walk along and they run like right really close to our river hence the River Greenway trails. Now I walk these trails during the day for exercise. I just started biking so me and my daughter bike these trails and sometimes you will go under go under a overpass or you'll go by a footbridge and there will be people's belongings down there there will be tents i have seen this with my own eyes when i first saw it i was like oh i didn't realize people lived under there i know we have a homeless population i've seen them like I know that, but I wasn't aware that they were living like under these trails. So when we were under under there, like walking underneath, it's creepy. And this was during the day. So I can't imagine how it would be at night, especially walking alone drunk. It's possible that somebody saw him stumbling and thought he was an easy target to rob. And maybe they hit him too hard and he died or maybe he fell over struggling. Who knows? So our second theory is that he fell in the river. He was drunk and he did trip over the curb when he was walking up it on the second video and you know when you're drunk you're disoriented and he could have possibly fell in the river now this theory for me is not very likely and here's why yes you do we do have these river greenways and there's a lot of either shrubbery or there's a railing or there's something that generally blocks you from just going into the river um he would have to get over or around a few obstacles just to get to the river to drown i actually haven't heard of any cases where somebody just fell into a four wayne river and drowned um i feel like they put obstructions in the way for that reason we also do have bike cops who ride the trails we did not always have them but we do have them now and I honestly don't know if we had them when he uh, went missing. And he didn't have his glasses. So that could, you know, also be a reason that he could have been more disoriented, couldn't see and fail. I just don't believe that's necessarily what happened at home. 
third theory is that he was killed by a patron of the brass rail now he was said he had he was said to have had multiple altercations in the brass rail from what i understand maybe the woman that he was said to have bothered had a boyfriend or a husband or a friend who was really angry follow him and hurt him or another person from the bar had an issue with him it has been put out there that maybe the bouncer was upset because he had to throw him out so many times and he came from him because one of the altercations was said to have been with the bouncer and there was a year prior there was a man that was at the brass rail his name was michael michael was found some miles north of the brass rail hidden in the back of the head and barely clinging to life he was rushed to a local hospital and he died some time later and people believe that maybe these two cases are connected because they were both at the same place now I will say, we don't know if that was the same bouncer. That is not anything that I have knowledge on. They also think that it's a possibility that this bouncer could have committed some crimes in regards to Michael's case and Kevin's case because he is the mayor's nephew, I guess. Now, apparently the Henrys have a really big family. People online have said, oh, if you throw a stone in any direction, you'll hit a family member. I honestly don't know any of his family members, but that doesn't mean anything because I don't try to know people. Like, that's just, I'm not that person. I don't get out and just try to know random people. So, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's true. Like I said, he couldn't have potentially not even been the same bouncer. These are just theories that I've seen online. So, this bar has had whispers for years it used to be a biker bar and it had a rough crowd but that was a few years ago and the the bar has been revamped and it is now like i said what they would call a hipster bar so this next theory i feel like i want to do a whole episode on because this theory really intrigues me and i want to know more about it but i don't think it's very likely so he was killed by the smiley face killer the infamous killer are killers that they call smiley face who have been terrorizing college-aged men that are normally drunk by a river and near the river is a smiley face tag it is spray painted a smiley face now i don't know if there's enough evidence to even say that this is a true theory are these people exist i know there's these two retired detectives that are 100 percent sure the smiley face killers are a thing and that they've been operating for years i don't know i want to look more into it and i'm going to give you guys an episode of that because i think it is extremely fascinating so the final theory in kevin's case is what we always have to kind of bring up is maybe he just walked away maybe kevin got tired of his life and he just wanted to start a note now he didn't take his glasses. There's no been no activity on his cards. So I don't know how he'd have done it, but he could have. He was also really drunk. And I think those three things together don't make good circumstances for running away from your life. And when it comes to like surveillance video and him disappearing from a bar and stuff like that, it really reminds me of Brian Schaefer's case because he was a man who was in his 20s was recorded going to a bar and was literally never seen again now kevin was seen after he left the bar walking into the darkness and 
Brian was seen walking into the bar, but it's so weird. And I actually did my first episode was on the Brian Schaefer case. So you can find that below wherever you get you're listening to this episode at. So we really don't know. Like, honestly, we don't know what happened to Kevin. And I kind of want to touch again on the walking away theory. Now, if I was going to walk away and start a new life, I wouldn't want to take my glasses. I would want to make people think that I disappeared. But I don't think that's what happened with Kevin. From everything I have gathered, Kevin loved his family. They were really close. I don't think he would have put them through that, honestly. And that is his case, guys. There's not been any more movement that I know of about Kevin's case and if there is I will give you guys an update if you know anything please call the Fort Wayne Police Department so now to our second case we are going to be covering the case of 26 year old Jabari Umbuelra please once again I apologize if I said his name wrong he was a graduate a graduate from the Art Institute of Illinois and he currently worked at Hills Aluminum until his death. Um, he also opened for R&B singer John Legend, which I feel like is a major thing because John Legend is like a super mega star in the R&B world. If you don't know who he is, you don't really listen to R&B music. He seemed to be a happy guy. His He seemed to be close to his family and they loved each other. So on January 16th of 2019, he called his parents for a ride from a handy dandy gas station on spy run later that evening he was caught on surveillance by his neighbor's ring doorbell now at first it's kind of unclear what's going on all you see is him standing there with two duffel bags at his feet and you see traffic driving by after a while maybe five minutes or so you see a car pull up facing him across the street he picks up the two duffel bags jabari walks down the stairs and he gets in this car the car turns right to go north and then the car disappears so these are the very last images of jabari no one heard from him after so this is clearly alarming to his parents so after not hearing from him for about a week his mom files a police report she is quoted as saying he would only not call if he couldn't jabari was known to stay in contact with his family his family was really important now so there have been no leads on this surveillance video that um was found nothing at all seemed to come of it now on or around may 22nd there was some activity with jabari's name not necessarily on his case there was a warrant put out for jabari's arrest for assault on a man who says that he met jabari at a local burger king a few days later jabari called him about having dinner and he picked jabari up and took him to his house after they ate jabari allegedly assaulted this man bashing his head in and stabbing him now the man said this incident happened in january and he filed charges at that time like he reported it but the charges were not actually filed because of a delay in the prosecuting attorney's office now i don't know if it's because they have a heavy caseload and his charges weren't as severe i don't know but his mother Catherine, has said that she welcomes the investigation because she hopes that it'll shine some light on what happened to her son maybe they'll look at his bank activity maybe they'll figure out what's going on 
Now, a couple days after this, on May 24th, a body was pulled out of the Maumee River in Ohio. Now, the Maumee River runs through Indiana and Ohio. Initially, this body was not identified. It had been in the water for some time, so long that the manner of death was not able to be determined how long the body was actually in the water wasn't determined and they also could not tell this man's race or anything the body had been in the water that long now they did uh use his tattoos to identify him they were able to get in contact with jabari's mom and i'm assuming because she he was a missing man in this age particular way height they contacted her and she knew immediately it was her son she knew her son's tattoos the sad part though is that's the end his body was found we know where he is but there are so many questions about what happened to him none have been answered it created more questions than answers like who is the driver of the white car why haven't they come forward now have they not come forward because they took part in what happened to him they know what happened to him and maybe they're scared for their life are they in hiding we don't know are they even alive anymore we don't know any of these things there's a five thousand dollar reward for information in jabari's case there's a five thousand dollar reward for information in jabari's case what happened to jabari was he murdered and dumped in the river which is probably the most likely thing that happened did he jump i don't believe so just because his family has not given any inkling of a possibility that he was ever suicidal could it have been a tragic accident that was covered up what in the world was he doing with those two duffel bags and where are they where was he heading in that white car who was driving the white car i'm a fort wayne local and i've been to these places at one time or another the places in both of these cases and i know how many times me and friends or family have walked around downtown drunk laughing and having fun my husband said the same thing that him and his friends would have drinks at bars and then they'd walk home me and him have walked home from areas downtown after having a drink at a friend's house or at a bar and to think that this can happen in my own hometown is sad but it's true if you have any information on the case of kevin nugent or the case of jabari mebwalara please call the fort wayne police department at 260-427-1201. These cases are super sad, guys. These men had really just began their life and it was taken from them. We know for a fact that Jabari's life was taken from him. Kevin has still not been found. And as far as I could find, there has been no movement in his case. The only thing that happened was there was a weird Facebook post and it was discounted by his family. They said it had been up already. He had a dark sense of humor. So once again, guys, thank you for all the support. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. You can find me at A True Side of Crime on Facebook, A True Side of Crime on Instagram, and true at A True Side of Crime on Twitter. Continue to be the beautiful, amazing people you always are. Till next time. Thank you.